D Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. I'll be there later today. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. I should probably be there later today, but I will not be. I'm choosing beer over a haircut a little bit later on. A happy Tuesday to you, Darren. It is a Tuesday morning. I'm drinking coffee. It is good to see you. I am drinking coffee. It is not yet even eight o'clock in the morning. This is a much different recording schedule for the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. I'm very envious of you. Thank you for springing it on me after we got started here that you're going to be at Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. I'm just going to take a guess. Are you going there to watch some Champions League, which is set to kick off starting at 12 noon with Manchester City, Borussia, Dortmund, Real Madrid, Liverpool? You're going to get down there just to enjoy some of Three Punk Ales' finest cocktails, or are you going to get down there to little champions league or a combination of both. Uh, Darren, this is the, uh, these are the questions that I am now faced as a father. Normally, <laughs> normally I would say, yes, I'm down there. I'm watching champions league. I'm having a few pints. I'm probably stopping by tacos, El Gordo on my way in. Um, that way I just have the food at the brewery. I, I think that's normally what I would do. Is it frowned upon if I do that same thing with a 10 month old son? No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, Jordan, I will tell you, there's tons of support for that. As somebody who lives in a beer-centric, brewery-centric neighborhood like North Park, I can tell you that there are several, and I swear this is true, there are several community groups of uh, young mothers, of uh, parents mm. who uh, convene and who rendezvous and who go from brewery to brewery, and, and I presume they responsibly stop at one to the other, but it's not full-blown pub crawls or, or brewery tours. But I can tell you that there are, including some of our former colleagues, people who are uh, uh, mothers and fathers who do this on a regular basis. So it's perfectly normalized where I live, Jordan. So I fully support it. You are as responsible a human being as I know. You are off responsible balance of our old radio show of this podcast. So I think that this is an outstanding way to indoctrinate young Luca into into our world is to bring him like what kind of dad wouldn't bring his son to a brewery to watch champions league yeah i mean if that's the choice son we had the option of hanging out together drinking beers and watching champions league football or we stayed at home and played with elmo like come on of course we're going to champions league football i'm a good dad that's what we do that's what the boys are doing i don't i think growing up in north county i wouldn't have felt judged at all. I lived in OB Point Loma for a while. I totally could have pulled it off there. I think maybe where I'm living now, I might get judged a little bit. Wow. I might get judged a little bit if I'm doing that. I don't know. We're, we don't even have breweries where, where I am, actually. They're, they hardly allow those. The only thing they allow in this area is a bunch of fast food restaurants. Um, Darren, I am excited to go to Three Punk Ales a little bit later on. And... I'm watching Champions League football a little bit later on as well. I don't know if it will be at three punk ales, but I am excited. Champions League is back. We're down to eight. We saw the uh, we talked about the draw in one of the recent podcasts. I'm pretty sure. But we get a City Dortmund today. Real Madrid, Liverpool, the biggest story going in. And it's kind of silly previewing this too much since it's going. The podcast will drop as soon as these are being played. The thing to watch that I'm going to be watching for Real Madrid basically don't have any defenders, especially up the middle. Um 
that back line is going to be tested this week. Their next three matches, Liverpool, oh. Barcelona, Liverpool, you get champions league, you get El Clasico in the middle. Um, that's not going to be easy for Real Madrid. It's an important part of their season and they are missing two people on the back line at a very bad time. Yeah, no doubt about it. But you know, this is 13 time champions league winner, Real Madrid. And we have seen, lesser versions of Los Blancos go ahead and pull a side through that you would never say was even the best team in Spain. Sometimes the second or third best team in Spain. And yet there they are at the end. There's something about the DNA of Real Madrid that they just know how to win with or without a Sergio Ramos, obviously Eden Hazard. They've, they've learned to play without him. That's going down as one of the worst signings that we've seen in recent memory. But there's something about him now without Carvajal. I know you can see Jordan very excited about that. Chelsea Football Club knew exactly when it was right to dump that losing hand. But there is still something about them. And this being a rematch of the final from just a couple of years ago and Mohamed Salah, I love the storylines here. This is one where neither side on, on particularly peak form and who's not playing versus who's playing. There's still a ton of carryover from the final from two years back. I think seven or eight from Liverpool, eight, nine from Real Madrid. So I, I've learned to never underestimate Madrid in these types of situations because one of the things is they, they, they've just won titles. They've won trophies. This championship they've won with sides that you go, I don't get it. <laughs> I just, I didn't see it. And you pick against them every single stage, especially once it gets into the knockout round. So sometimes when they're cornered, it's just part of Real Madrid's DNA to figure out a way to get through. I don't know that this will happen this time. But you know, when you look and you see no Ramos and no Carvajal and you see now they're dealing with COVID issues, maybe it mount, maybe it becomes too much. But you know, I, I've, I've just, uh, I, I'm very wary about them being put into a corner and then come roaring out of it. Yeah, it, it seems like a lot to ask, though. Even if it is the most, it's the team with the most championships, the most titles in this tournament, it, we're, we're down to the wire. Um, it's it feels like it's an extremely bad time, not only in Champions League, but the league as well, because the league all of a sudden is up in the air and there's a chance for three different clubs where it looked like it was going to be Atletico cruising it at one point of the season. It looked like they were well on their way. Uh, that is no longer the case. Now that is a three-team race, I believe, unless you want to add a fourth. I think it's pretty much a three-team race. Uh, it, it, it's a really bad time for Real Madrid. It's You got to take on – I was looking forward to Ramos – uh, taking on Liverpool, seeing what Liverpool could do because you knew they would want to come out uh, firing after what happened in 2018. You knew that matchup would be something to watch. Uh, so you're kind of bummed that you don't get that with Ramos. But, man, this is like the biggest stretch of their entire season. This is the calendar. If you knew how far you would go in Champions League and you knew you would be playing Liverpool at this point, uh, this would be the part where you circle and say this is when you need to be your absolute best and it seems like they're going to be at their absolute worst defensively. We'll see who fills in, and we'll see if they actually pull it off. They can. Absolutely, they can do it. But, man, bad timing for Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, and you and I are sort of in an interesting position in this, right? Because you and I are invested in this, not just because it's a Champions League match, but you and I are also invested because of what this means in the domestic league. So, as you said, Barcelona-Real Madrid, El Clasico, coming up this Saturday at 12 noon here in California. But you know, Liverpool is now considered even odds to finish in the top four in the Premier League. And that's a position currently held by Chelsea Football Club, which now are, are slight underdogs to finish in the top four. 11 to 10, I think it was, if I saw correctly on ESPN FC the other day. So you and I, like, 
I'm I'm sort of I, I'm uh, back and forth on what it is exactly that I'm rooting for here because of what it means in the domestic cup. Now you have the added layer of having Chelsea still alive and they'll play on Wednesday, but you know, from a domestic standings standpoint, like how, how are you looking at Real Madrid and Liverpool? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it like Liverpool are going to advance. That's what I'm looking at it. And then I'm interested because that's the matchup where Chelsea play next. We know that Chelsea Porto, whoever advances will take on Real Madrid um, the winner of Real Madrid and Liverpool. So you could have Liverpool Chelsea in the next round. Uh, they could both be out at that point. It's really interesting. It feels like Liverpool and Chelsea are really going into a, just a crash collision where down the stretch at an important time in champions league, in the league, they're likely to finish four or five in England. And the question is who gets four, who gets five. And there's tens of millions of dollars attached to that answer. Um, Champions League, they could potentially square off in a semifinal. And if you think about it, you could be the team that finishes fifth, but you win the semifinal and then you're in one match in a Champions League final against whoever comes out of the other side of the bracket. Chelsea have done it before, winning Champions League as the only way to qualify for the next year's Champions League. Uh, it's it, There's so many different ways that this can go. Um, I'm excited to see which way they go, whatever way it goes, Liverpool and Chelsea are going to collide several times down the stretch. They're just going to be intertwined as we finish the last handful plus of games. Yeah. I'm inclined to say, I want to see Real Madrid get embarrassed, but you know, the other Hmm. flip side of that is I also don't want them solely focused on trying to win La Liga either. So, you know, it's, it's one of those, you're getting pulled in two separate directions, right? Like there's, there's these two conflicting schools of thought about what it is that you pull. I don't want to, see Real Madrid. I don't care that much about La Liga trying to pull through and still have a club alive heading into the semis. But that said, like, what does this selfishly mean for Barcelona in La Liga? That's, that's mostly how I look at it. And I can put up with a bunch of uh, Madridistas telling me that, Hey, we won champions league. You can have your domestic double because Barca's still alive for a league title. They're the favorites and they're still in the Copa del Rey final. So uh, I I, you know, I think every Barca supporter, every Cure on the planet would sign up now for a, a domestic double, regardless of what happens with Madrid. But, you know, that to me is is sort of the uh, the inner conflict of watching this year. So hopefully it just becomes one of these super tense, super physical uh, drains, both Liverpool and Real Madrid. And you and I stand the benefit somehow from that. I'm excited that we definitely have a race in Spain as we go down the stretch. What I was surprised about is the fact that according to 538, Barcelona's the heavy favorite to win La Liga. It's really not even all that close. 64% Atletico, 19 at second, and Real Madrid, 17%. Obviously, these numbers change. They can go up and down rather quickly. But the way it stands right now, uh, Barcelona in position is the heavy favorites down the stretch. And I don't. you guys aren't even top of the table as we're recording. Um, but that, that's got to be good news. Real Madrid going to host Barca this weekend. So I know you guys are in Madrid for that one. Uh, You guys also play Atletico Madrid in May. You're going to be hosting Atleti May 9th. So you still have a couple big matches down the stretch. You're definitely going to uh, play a major role on how that finishes out. You can't, I don't know, you get your chance against Real Madrid. You get your chance against Atletico Madrid. So whatever happens, you kind of have to deal with it, right? Like if you get those wins, you've earned it. And if you can't beat them, then you, you lost to them. You weren't good enough. 
Exactly right. And yeah, Atletico Madrid, I think statistically has the easiest road just in terms of what it has lying ahead in La Liga, but they're also in a free fall. They were 10 points clear, Jordan, at the end of January. And we're sitting here first week of April now, and they're just ahead by a point. And it's not just been their form in La Liga. It's been getting bounced out of the Champions League by, I forgot, who was that? Anyway, well, it'll come to me later on in the podcast, but you know, they, they've just not, and it's surprising based on, you know, who manages that club, who's on that club, et cetera. But, you know, uh, I, I, you know, you're right. It's, it's the most competitive race, I think still going in Europe and it's a three team race. And there's an argument to be made for all three sides. I think, you know, who, who it is that I'm backing here in this three horse race. We've got a classico coming up at 12 noon. Uh, we'll be at Serrano's. I want to shout out to Peña Blagrana and, say that we're, we're running a shoe drive here this Saturday. So uh, I know it's limited capacity and COVID and social distancing and all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be mostly an intimate gathering, but we still are trying to, to use the Classico as, as a reason for us to gather and, and collect shoes that we're going to donate here to, uh, to the youth in the community. So super excited about that at 12 noon. And, and uh, listen, it's going to be a, a wild race down the stretch. This isn't This isn't the best that we, the best versions of Real Madrid and Barca and, and Atletico that we've ever seen, but it's an exciting race. And, uh, you know, Barca's gotten a lot better. You know, they're undefeated in 19 straight league matches, and they won six straight, and they had a dramatic one on Monday against uh, Valladolid. So, you know, things and, – and Messi's playing happy, and, and Dembele is contributing, and they're getting contributions from younger players, and Sergio Dest is, is featuring on a regular basis. So totally different than where we were three, four months ago. It's just a uh, night and day different club, which is, which is, I think good, uh, good for, for sports overall, but you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a real white knuckler here down the stretch here in La Liga. Yeah. It, it, that's exciting though. That's exactly yeah. what you want. You want this to be a lot of fun. What's happening in England is boring, boring in England. We already know cities won it. We know cities likely to probably win champions league unless they play Chelsea in the final, then anything is possible there. Um, yeah, we don't have a race at all in England. So I think I say you enjoy the ride. That's what yeah. this is all about. This it's is fun. Uh, you're set up for some fun, fun moments, hopefully. Yeah. We'll so, uh, let's rifle through this year real quick, just so we get it on the record, Manchester city or Dortmund city by a mile, by a mile. Yeah. Erlen Howland. You're not worried about him just taking over and pep overthinking things. No, I'm not. I think city dominate them. Okay. Do you see that pass from Kevin De Bruyne over the weekend against Leicester City? One of the most ridiculous through balls you've ever seen. My goodness. I'm going to go with City, although I do feel like they are, you know, this this is the round where you go, what was Pep doing? I don't understand it. Real Madrid-Liverpool. Um, I'm going Liverpool. Liverpool mostly because of the news we're finding out. No Ramos, positive COVID tests on that back line. I don't know if there's other tests that are going to come out that will be positive. The way it's being written as we're recording this is that it's isolated to an individual, but that could easily change. We, th- these things change rather quickly. So, How's that? Well, they just traveled over the weekend. I mean, I don't... <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen there. They may not even play that match, Darren. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, I, I like Liverpool here. I think they get their their version of revenge this time around. I'm going to uh, begrudgingly go with Real Madrid on that Ooh. one. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're favoring the Spanish side. I'm favoring the English side. Big shot there. I, I, uh, I, I and- quick shower after this podcast. I don't love that. I just did it, but uh, I just think, you know, sometimes, like I said, there's something about Real Madrid being a cage tiger or corner tiger here that they, uh, they usually come out pretty strong. So, hmm. you know, 
they're just they're vampires. They're tough to kill off. Uh, how about uh, now Bayern with no Lewandowski and PSG? Yeah, so I think things become rather interesting in that one. Um, Asked me uh, two weeks ago, I say Bayern Munich pretty pretty easily there. Now I'm intrigued. Now I'm kind of, I want to pick PSG. Like I want to be the person that, yeah, Paris is going to do it. They're going to pull it off. Poch is going to do it. But I think I still have to ride with Bayern Munich. The experience, the reigning champs. I kind of, I'm usually the one that's, I don't like jumping ahead and crowning the next team before forgetting about the, the current champions. And so Bayern Munich for me, they, they are advancing against Paris. But things have become rather interesting in that one. Yeah, PSG is interesting, you know, that they're not sitting on top of their uh, farm league table either, you know, that they're finding themselves in, in uh, a title race also in uh, Ligue 1. But I, I'm with you. You know, I think it is a, a differently wired PSG side. I think Karen Navas has been, uh, you know, just great for them. All the success that he had, that he had at Real Madrid, him now in, in that they're representing CONCACAF. But uh, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I, I think that this is just a better version of, of Bayern Munich. And then finally, Jordan, Porto or Chelsea Football Club? I'm going to go Chelsea Football Club. Um, and it's quite simple. It's the team I support. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's my analysis. But holy cow, they got a beating over the weekend, did they not? So they better yeah. be ready for Champions League. I know Polisic. I mean, I know we've we've been down this road a time or two before, but I'm this might sound mean, and I don't intend it to sound mean, Darren. But Chelsea have been okay in Champions League before Polisic, so I I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be all right. I'm with you. I think that Chelsea was on a great run, not relying on Christian Polisic. So. <laughs> What is it? Why, why do his moments have to come in losses every time? The timing seems to be so off. He's not involved in the good stuff. He's involved in a good way, but it's always in the losing end. It just, uh, it's frustrating. Um, yeah, I have Chelsea advancing. Even Christian Pulisic. There's also sort of all sorts of mystery surrounding it. Like, you know, you, you know, we, we've seen plenty of players have to walk off injured. You go, ah, oh, gosh, yeah, you can see that he's running in his hand. Like him in the FA Cup from last year, right? Like that sort of was the rare exception where you actually saw something happen to Christian Pulisic. This time was so bizarre. They had to have this weird camera up on the roof, like a satellite <laughs> zooming down to zoom in and superimpose on Christian Pulisic running out for the second half and then running back off. And Thomas Tuchel sitting going, what? Like, what, what happened? Like, what, what are you saying? So it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you feel for the guy, you know, you do feel for the guy because you know how competitive he is and you know how important he is, you know, for us who are us soccer supporters, but you know, from a club standpoint here, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's, you know, this isn't losing Danny Carvajal. This is not losing Sergio Ramos. Who's been one of the great champions for Real Madrid. Like this, you know, this is somebody who they really played well without for long stretches of time when Thomas Tuchel took over. So I'm with you. I, I can't even imagine that this is anything but a sidebar to Chelsea football club being in the in champions league. And I mean that like respectfully, but it is what it is. Well, the story here is about Polisic, And again, an injury, will he be available? The question with Polisic is his availability. This is not a club issue. We can, yeah. if this ends the way where he's playing, where he's not playing for Chelsea next year, I don't know. It's, it's tough to blame the club at this point. If, if that's where we're headed. Um, so you're going Chelsea or are you going Porto? No, I'm going to go Chelsea. So you and I will only disagree about Real Madrid and Liverpool. Okay. So I like 
got a couple of uh, couple of Champions League final rematches here, including last year's and and two uh, three years back. So yeah, I mean, should be should be compatible. Where do you? I, I'm I'm hoping we get some surprise here. What would be the biggest surprise for you? Would it be Dortmund over City? Would it be Porto over Chelsea? Who would it be? Dor- Dortmund over City would be the yeah. biggest shock for me. Yeah. I don't know. Erling Haaland can make himself an awful lot of money as his agent is parading around to all the different Spanish cities here with Erling Haaland's dad. So, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> this, this is a big money-making week for, uh, for uh, Erling. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not bad. Those are pretty good vacation spots. I would skip Manchester. You don't need to go to Manchester, but like, why not? Visit like- Barcelona. Let's visit Paris. Let's visit all these beautiful cities for a couple of days and let them wine and dine us. How about Pep this week going? We can't afford a striker. What? I, we, we can't afford that. We, we're not going to add anybody. We're like, oh, okay. You guys aren't going to add Messi then? You're not, I mean, you're not adding Holland. You're, what are you, you're not adding anybody or? Darren, I mean, they can't afford Holland because that money's already going to Lionel Messi. Um, so the way it's set up, do you- just, just leave me with one of them. That's all I ask for next year. I would love both, but if I can just have one of those players on Barca last, next year, I'll be fine. All right. Darren would like to have Messi or Holland on his team. Yes. Okay. I would. Can I join? Can I join that list? I would also like one of those two on Chelsea <laughs> Football Club. Um, you, so the way I actually have it set up then would guarantee an English side in the Champions League final. You're, you on the other side, you potentially could get uh, a final without an English side at all. Bayern Real Madrid could happen. But the way I have it set up, I have a Chelsea-Liverpool semifinal matchup, and Nate Abarea and myself will hate each other. We'll hate each other for weeks mm. until Chelsea knock off Liverpool to go to a Champions League final. Then he'll love me again. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. And Chelsea might have to win Champions League this year to even be in the tournament next year. Well, uh, good with that as well. So you know, I, I'm all I'm fine with it. If I get Manchester City and Chelsea, I'll be fine with it. I mean, I don't love La Liga that much that I got to sit here and stump for Real Madrid. I just you know think at this stage, you know that they'll Zidane and and Klopp and I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm fine with Manchester City, Chelsea. You put that in front of me right now, I'm good. Hmm. Yeah, I would sign up for that too. Um, before we move on, because we have some local stories to get to quickly, and we're we're running out of time here. Um, do we have time for Jose Mourinho and his quote? Do you want to talk about this? I saw this on the rundown. Uh, yes, we, we can definitely do that. I will say. Listen, I'm not going to troll Tottenham. I'm not going okay. to troll Tottenham. No, well, you would never do such a thing. I will, though. So no, I was no, watching- no, 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 no. <laughs> not gonna- Instead, I, came, I found like quotes to go along with this because Jose delivered another quote, like an amazing quote over the weekend, I thought. Okay. Well, I will just say I flipped on ESPN FC on ESPN plus the other day, you know, Dan Thomas, he's the host of that show. You ever watch that? It's a good show. It's a funny show. Like they, they are, they're very funny. They're informative. Dan Thomas from ESPN FC, he comes on, he's got this English accent, right? And he's like, our top story, Tottenham was rubbish again. I was like, <laughs> I was like it sounded like he was like so angry about it. I wonder if he's a Spurs supporter of this Dan Thomas. It was just very funny the way he got into uh, to Spurs over the weekend. So what is our great Jose Mourinho quote? Yeah, well, I mean, the quote, the quote from over the weekend is same coach, different players. When asked what's going on, usually you can hold on to these leads. Yeah. What's changed? Like, why, why can't you hold on to these leads anymore? And his response was, well, it's the same coach. I have different players. Um, and it's easy. I saw ESPN FC and ESPN FC's Twitter account does an amazing job at this 
I hate that they do it. I think it's just a troll account, but they do an amazing job um, at making things like set up for everyone to make fun of whatever club they're talking about. Like they, they very much ESPN FC's Twitter account is very aware that more people hate whatever club you're talking about than actually support that club. It's something Deadspin did for a long time with their previews. And so they just make fun of everyone. And that's their whole account. They make, and, and people love promoting it because people love making fun of Tottenham, Chelsea, Barcelona, and whatever club they happen to be making fun of. And I don't like it. That said, let me make fun of Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> that said, let me shine a bright light on this. Just in case. <laughs> That said, let me put a, head, a, a spotlight on this. Um, same coach, different players. Listen, come on. Are we really going to get carried away with that quote? That's nothing. That is nothing compared to what Jose Mourinho has said over the years. So I, I, I don't know. Here's a few of my favorite. I, I wrote these down for you, Darren. I have a problem, which is I'm getting better at everything related to my job since I started. I love that quote. His problem is he's just getting better and better at everything he does. Um, he's also said in the past, can Messi be suspended for acting? Barcelona is a cultural city with many great theaters. And this boy has learned very well. He's learned play acting. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and then the last one that I'll share with you, when you enjoy what you do, you don't lose your hair. And Guardiola is bald. He does not enjoy football. <laughs> I also like when he accused Barcelona when Barca's shirt sponsor was the uh, UNICEF foundation. Right. So like it was, they were using their shirt sponsor for good. You know, they were saying, Hey, let's, let's bring attention to UNICEF. Like this is a great global cause here that helps people all over the, all over the planet. And Jose Mourinho as only Mourinho could said, well, they're doing that so that they have some sort of subliminal impact on the referees. They want the referees to think, oh, no, they could never commit a foul because they're the good guys who wear the UNICEF shirt. <laughs> so I think at this point, we all could agree. George, Jose Mourinho as a manager is finished. Jose Mourinho as a pundit, as somebody who should be offering his opinions in a studio, he's just getting started, right? Like he's become a social media phenomenon. His quotes now are to the point now where you and I can just pluck them off the tops of our heads. So forget the managing thing. You know, you've done everything you can do. You've won Champions League with a bunch of different clubs. You've won everywhere except for Tottenham. So why not just go and go sit in a studio and make a bunch of money just making fun of people? Because that's Jose Mourinho, Jordan, that I think you and I could get behind. Yeah, I mean, I think he would thrive in that role. I think like, right. man, like man, as a manager, he keeps getting better and better at things. Um, I think as that pundit, he would do the same. He would get better and better at making fun of people. So I don't know. I think it's probably more of a reflection on Tottenham than it is Jose, the lack of success here recently. He's had success everywhere else, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is a Jose thing. Um, yeah. You want to go local here for a couple minutes? You got to yeah, do something. Sure. Uh, we got Let's stuff on SD loyal. You also had a very interesting interview. I thought on radio this week that I want to talk about, but San Diego loyal over the weekend played New Mexico United. And it finished two to one. I did not see many highlights. I saw what was posted to Instagram. I consumed it that way, like many others, Darren. How did you consume it? Uh, I was there. So I had the opportunity to go down and see it. And this to me was probably the most relevant preseason match that Loyal's going to play. You're not going to be playing MLS clubs. So, you know, what sort of test is that? You're not going to be playing. 1904, you know, and, and we talked a little bit about, you can see the, the difference in quality from, you know, one league to the next, they will play this weekend upcoming at Seattle at Sounders, 
which is uh, an interesting matchup on a variety of, of levels. But to me, uh, what you want to see is how you do against a fellow uh, playoff caliber club in the USL. And that's New Mexico United, who Loyal will see in the regular season coming up when in October, I believe it is, since the full schedule is now out. But you know, this is a playoff caliber club. This is a club that's done a lot of things really, really well. They branded really well. They've got good players, um, you know, and and you know, finishing and losing as Loyal scored once, United uh, New Mexico scored twice. You know, I thought that this was probably the most relevant preseason match and test for Loyal up until point it's it's not an indicator of what's to come during the regular season as loyal continues to to grow get a little bit better here you got a lot of new pieces some players were there some players were not some most played most regulars played some did not um so from that standpoint you know you're you're still you know to me this very much looks like like you're putting together a really nice engine but you still have yet to figure out some of those last couple of spark plugs and figure out exactly where all the tubes are going to go or, you know, wh- how you connect everything. Uh, there were good moments. There were bad moments. I thought it was very interesting. Andrew Vasiliadis, the chairman of San Diego Loyal, was there and tweeted out at halftime. And I paraphrase, I don't have the tweet right in front of me, that, that it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough at any level. And it wasn't good enough out of the back. It wasn't good enough in the midfield. And it wasn't good enough in the attack. So, uh, you know, him putting that out there, I thought was, was really interesting with, with Andrew being present and watching it. Um, you know, I don't know that it's not putting the club on notice or anything. It just was, Hey, um, you know, what, what we watched there was a very lackluster first half, you know, New Mexico United, Jordan, I don't know how many people realize this flew in on Saturday morning. They flew from Albuquerque to San Diego Saturday morning, went to the Chula Vista Olympic training center, played the match, Presumably they took showers and they got back on an airplane and they flew back to New Mexico. And if you would have said after that first half, which side do you think it was that did that? I think you would have agreed. The consensus would have been, oh, well, Loyal must have been the team that flew in from New Mexico. You know, like they very much looked like the team that was a little a half step slower and thinking a little bit, not quite uh, as, as quick just to trust instincts. Now, second half, much different story. Um, Miguel Ibarra comes in, Salzizo comes in and they adjusted a couple of things and they look like a much better side. They dominated the match, scored a goal. Grant Stoneman had a header, terrific pass from Charlie Adams. And, you know, they, they look like they had sorted through it all. And then they give up a, a late goal on a set piece somewhere 84th, 85th minute. But, um, you know, there were some things to like. There were a lot of things that, that were coachable moments, you know, that were very uh, good for coaches, I think, to have to say, hey, listen, we got to be better. We got to be quicker. We got to move. We got to you know, facilitate. You know, that just, it, it just looked like a, um, it just, it looked like 11 players that were not quite as, as connected as they should have been. But that's the point of preseason, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And it's a long preseason, isn't it? Like it feels like a long preseason. And maybe it's a combination of the fact that I haven't been able to watch every single match. Yeah. Um, but they've, they started this March 13th. We're now into April and we're still three plus weeks away from the season starting. So there's a lot of time to work on a, a lot of things. I'm not saying it's too long of a preseason. I'm just pointing out the fact that this is, you get a decent amount of time. This isn't something, this almost feels like a full spring training for them. And so you, you get your opportunities. You still have two more. You get Seattle, you get Cal State Fullerton, you get a week off after that. And then you're going to open up on a Friday night in Phoenix. So we're still weeks away from a season starting. 
Um, so the idea that they need to be ready and firing on all cylinders right now against New Mexico United is crazy. Like you, they don't need to be, do they want to see, do they want to be improving in areas? Absolutely. Of course there's things they're working on, but this is very early and we're, we're three plus weeks away from a season kicking off and a season that is much, much longer than what we're accustomed to going in from 2020. So things are going to be much different this year. I, I think it's, it's easy for anxiety to build when you can't, go and watch like you want to, or stream it or however. Um, but it's early. It's very early. I think it's a good sign. Stoneman is heading him in. Did he get a yellow card on in any moment? Do you know? I, I, it's uh, likely. I don't think he did. I saw Colin got an Colin Martin got a yellow. Charlie probably got a yellow because he seems to <laughs> be out there playing like his hair's on fire. But you know, to that point, I will say Seattle coming up on Sunday and then Cal state Fullerton two Saturdays from now. You know, I, I think my only point is not to, to suggest that there's reason to be concerned. It's just that we're not that far away from Phoenix. And, you know, if you're not if you're not playing better than what we've seen, then Phoenix is going to run right through you. So, you know, maybe there's a, a switch that can get flipped here between the preseason and the regular season. And you're still trying to figure out, you know, is is Tumi Moshibani going to be one of our starting 11 guys who we rely on? Or is he going to play against some of the clubs? that are, are, you know, in the, in the bottom of the standings, right. Either in our division or, you know, even outside of division. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, you know, you're trying to figure out like who is, who is going to be our starting 11 here that we're going to play in Phoenix on April 30th, because, you know, it does have to be better. You know, it has to be better. It's preseason. So again, but to the point that the chairman felt compelled to put out what he put out, you know, it's going to have to be better than that if you're going to be a serious title contender. And, and you know, another week, Jordan, I haven't heard any news on Miguel Ibarra. He's going up there to Seattle where he won an MLS Cup, I believe. So he still came in second half. They played much better, whether that was some tactical adjustments from Landon and Nate, Shannon and Matt, who knows, or whether that was bringing in Miguel, bringing in Zizo. You know, certain guys just just have a, a way of knowing where to be, what to do, how to quickly react. Maybe other guys are thinking a little bit too much out there. So, you know, yet another week that we're getting closer to the regular season, closer to the start of MLS. So uh, my fingers now even more crossed than they were a week ago when we started talking about Miguel Ibarra potentially as as finding a fit here with San Diego Loyal. So we'll see. Every minute that goes by that you don't hear news about him, with some other club at some other level feels like it might be good news for San Diego loyal. Yeah. Out here, I don't know anything, um, but I, the way it's playing out, it's, it feels like he's going to start with SD loyal and he'll have an opportunity. I'm sure to still sign elsewhere. It's not like he's going to lock himself into a long-term deal. Maybe he does who knows. Um, but the way it's kind of playing out, as an outsider here looking at it, Darren, I'm, I'd say that he starts with SD Loyal and he has opportunities to prove and showcase his talents. And you know what? Like, that's kind of what USL championship is, isn't it? It's an opportunity to prove yourself, to showcase yourself. And a lot of these guys want to move on and play. And like Ibarra is a guy who's already been there, uh, but he wants to stay there. So like, why, why not showcase it? So 
If he stays with the team, that's a great thing. I think that's a positive. Maybe he ends up staying the entire season. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he plays a couple months and then there's an injury somewhere in Major League Soccer and a club sees what he's doing with San Diego and he's scoring all these goals. Maybe that's a great way for him to kind of showcase. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's just the kind of the way it seems to be going. Like MLS is it's here. Their seasons are started. Those rosters are pretty much set. So uh, the the idea that he's going to go sign with an MLS team this week, I that would surprise me. No, I say he starts with SD loyal and we're probably going to watch him play at least the beginning of the season. Yeah. I think some of that, you know, you'll have to see the way roster where the way rosters get cut down. Does somebody get injured late in camp and they go, Oh geez, you know what? We really could use a P Oh, there's Miguel Ibarra. He's been healthy. He's training. He's playing competitive matches. He's ready to go. You know, I think that that's probably um, his best opportunity at MLS at this stage. But yeah, I mean, certain guys just slip through the cracks, Jordan, and it's just the way it is. It's not just younger guys who slip through the cracks. Sometimes those guys who find themselves at this stage of their career where they're, you know, like early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, they've been around a little bit and people presume that they want a bunch of money because they've been around and they're veterans and going, well, I don't know, you know, we sort of have these these silly, uh, you know, financial decisions that we have to make. You know, this is what the USL is. It's a perfect league for guys who find themselves perhaps a little bit priced out uh, perception-wise in MLS. And then you can find a home here, and guess what? It's a way to push a reset button, and who knows? This could turn into a great thing for Miguel Ibarra. Look at what happened with Rubio Rubin. So you know, I, I would tell you, like, like him, like he would be a nice finishing piece for San Diego Loyal because, you know, there are still a couple of positions around there on the pitch. And if you follow this club, you know where they are, where you're going, hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, we're only as good as our options there. And if he is an option to be playing in the midfield on that left side, then this, you know, this is uh, a club. I think that that goes toe to toe with anybody in the USL. Yeah. Uh, Darren, my sources tell me that New Mexico did not shower after that match. They went straight to the airport really? in their full kits, sweaty and gross um, and flew home that way and stunk up the entire plane. That's what my sources tell me. That is Gross. And we'd expect else from New Mexico. <laughs> um, all right. Last thing, because I got a boogie. Um, you interviewed Jeff Carlisle this week on your radio show. And yeah. I listened to it a little bit later on on the podcast, as I do. I recommend people download that podcast and subscribe to Darren's radio show. He does a lot of great stuff, soccer and more. Um, so you interviewed Jeff Carlisle about a story that he wrote. He had it sourced that the league and San Diego state are discussing framework of a deal of what it could potentially look like for an MLS team to play in the new stadium being built in mission Valley. Um, my takeaway, and I wish we had more time. I think the newsy part is still the, the effect of what's happened with Sacramento, right? Like what's going to happen? What's the impact to Sacramento's spot in major league soccer how are they going to fill that? Is something is it something that they just want to find a city and fill that gap quickly, or does it become something where there is no timeline and we'll fill it when the time is right? Um, I think the real next newsy part wouldn't happen until we find out who could potentially partner with San Diego State at that stadium and fill that MLS spot there at that stadium. So that's what I'm waiting for. Like I, I, I feel like I didn't learn anything new. Like I, I know where San Diego state stands, even in their statement, they said like, this is nothing different. Like, yes, of course, like we're building this. We want major league soccer here. And so I guess the, the story really does advance once we find out who could potentially partner there. Am I reading it right? Am I even close? You're, you're close. No, right. 
I, you know, you and I both are, are pretty well connected at San Diego State for a couple on a couple of different levels. And my understanding is since November of 2018, when San Diego State won the election that turned Mission Valley into San Diego State West, they have always updated Major League Soccer on what was going on here. And they always said, hey, just so you know, like we're still open minded to bring an MLS in here. Now, what was different about Jeff Carl's, Carlisle's report is he used the word framework of a deal. Hmm. That, to me, is the phrase that stood out. So if Sacramento falls apart, and there's a lot of people around the sport who think that Sacramento somehow will figure this out. I also would recommend not only listening to Jeff Carlisle, but a lot of relevant stuff from Jeff Reuter when he was on the show, because a lot of that still holds true. Now, are they are they going to help Sacramento? Are they going to move heaven and earth to make Sacramento a reality? I don't get the sense that MLS is going to do that. It doesn't mean that they prefer San Diego or prefer Phoenix or Vegas or Detroit or Louisville or what have you some of the cities that are being mentioned out there. But, you know, they have to be, uh, you know, they're also going to put pressure on some of these other cities as well. So the framework of a deal to me is, hey, we don't really want to just be a tenant in a college football stadium. We want to be a little bit more, maybe an equity partner. What does this look like? How does financing work? You know, what happens if there's a conflict? What happens when there's concerts? How does revenue, you know, that's framework of a deal. So before somebody decides that they want to plop down 200, 300, 350 million dollars, I mean, who knows? Before somebody plops down that kind of money, what exactly are they getting themselves into? You know, what is the framework of a deal of a partnership look like? Are you strictly going to treat an MLS club like it's a tenant? Because, you know, that might not work all that well, especially when you have soccer specific stadiums being built in Louisville. They would build one in Vegas. Phoenix seems very much up to the task. So what does that look like? That to me was was the most recent news here. And it sounds like a little thing and it's just a word. But what does the framework of a deal look like with you all at San Diego State? Because there are certain things that are non-starters for us. And you know, there there might be certain things that are non-starters for San Diego State. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, this has put SD Loyal back to Loyal for a second on, on playing some defense and counterattacking in that they probably had a much different timeline two months ago than they might have today. But if this is an opportunity for them to make the jump to the next level while holding somebody off who might be swooping and hovering over the city trying to find their way in, then, you know, that's something to think about. And, you know, the other part about it is would MLS just come in here where they just bring in some investor type and would they do that to Landon, who's an owner of San Diego Loyal? Like, for what Landon's meant to that league? They named the MVP trophy after Landon Donovan. So they're just going to go, hey, sorry, Landon, good luck with your little USL thing. But, you know, we're bringing in this investment group from wherever that we've never heard of because they've got a bunch of money and they want to float MLS into San Diego. So, like, I keep saying this, Jordan, I say it here, I say it on the radio. Let's not get in our own way here. Like if we as a soccer community want this to happen, not everybody's going to get exactly what they want, but we as the community have to figure out a way to, to, you know, all get on the same page here and all row in the same direction. And, you know, whatever phrase you want to use, pull the rope in the right direction. You know, there's a million of them, but we all need to be rowing in the right direction here and in the same direction. Otherwise we're just going to be crashing into one another and it's just going to go someplace else. And we're going to look, like, like, you know, are we a new San Diego? Are we a different San Diego than we were when the Chargers were here? I like to think we are, but uh, the proof will be in whether or not we can figure this out. Yeah. All right. I recommend people going back and checking that out. Well said, Darren. We saved the stadium talk for the very end. I think people will yeah. probably appreciate that. He also did um, say, real quick, because I asked him if relocation, since there are three MLS clubs that are for sale, 
if relocation would be a possibility. And he pointed out that in Salt Lake, Orlando, and Houston, they do have soccer-specific stadiums. So some ownership group can go in there, buy them, and they already have what they need. So he didn't think relocation was possible, which is good. That's a non-starter for me, and it should be a non-starter for everybody in San Diego. But uh, again, that, that framework now feels very realistic. So now it's up to us to figure out a way, you know, even if we have what, what seemingly are competing factions here, if this is going to happen this time, this cycle where we become the 30th city, let's make sure we're all on the same page and we're not just stabbing each other in the back and we don't get any of this. So, you know, again, we'll, we'll see. Is it same old, same old, or is it something new? All right, Darren, shout out to our sponsors, Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista, also to Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Um, I will chat with you soon. Best of luck in uh, El Clasico. Yes. And I got Champions League to look forward to. And shout out to Chavos de Loyal, who launched this week. We talked with uh, some of uh, our favorite people there, uh, our buddy Mark, so Mark Estrada. But they launched and they are accepting uh, membership applications now. So be on the lookout for that. Jordan, peace out. Good luck.